Welcome to your Daily Cup of Inspiration podcast with Deanna Hobbs, founder of Empowering Everyday Women Ministries, broadcasting live from our headquarters studios in Buffalo, New York. Visit us online at empoweringeverydaywomen.org. In today's inspiration, which is day 13 of our 14-day ongoing unedited series, we're talking about avoiding the impressiveness trap. Sometimes God allows us to be stripped to teach us that our value and our worth is not tied to the things we possess, but instead we are defined by who possesses us. We belong to Christ and that makes us royalty. We have a righteous inheritance and have already been given abundant life through Jesus Christ. Welcome to this year Sunday, October 4th, 2020 edition of your Daily Cup of Inspiration podcast. It's Deanna Hobbs here, bringing you the biggest smiles and the warmest greetings ever. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Praise God that you're joining me as we near the closeout of our unedited series where God has ministered to our spirits in a powerful way. Tomorrow we'll conclude our series. And I don't know about you, but my cup is overflowing with the truths and insights God has given us over the past almost two weeks. And I am beyond grateful. And speaking of being grateful, I'm rejoicing for this praise report our ministry team received from Rachel in Nassau Bay, who wrote into the ministry and said this, I am a backslider, or I should say I was a backslider. I'm not anymore. I had walked away from Jesus after my mother died of cancer, and I had prayed for her healing. I wondered how a good God could rob me of the mother I needed so much. I left the church 10 years ago when I was 21. I am 31 years old today. I returned to Jesus, my first love, after listening to your podcast because one of my girlfriends from work kept badgering me about it. To shut her up, I listened and you were talking about your own disappointments and struggles, but how you still serve God and trust him. I listened to your podcast over several months and Deanna, your Bible teaching has helped lead me to new life in Christ. I'm no longer bitter. I am free and so blessed by your ministry. Well, glory to the great name of our God, the power of the gospel changes lives. Rachel, my spirit is leaping over this powerful testimony. Can we get a praise break for Rachel's restoration? and inspiring testimonies like this remind us that God is transforming lives through this ministry. We are grateful for your support that keeps these broadcasts available online as a free resource to help others grow. If you are being blessed and you believe in our mission to share the gospel, sow a seed of any size at empoweringeverydaywomen.org donate. Thank you for your generosity. All right, it is time to begin day 13 of our unedited series with a prayer. God, our Father, we thank you for gathering us together again to hear a word from you. Bless the person that pressed play and anoint me to say only what you would have me say so that lives will be transformed by your glorious gospel. In Jesus' name, amen. 
So Daily Cut family, I think one of the greatest benefits of going through something as hard as I went through last year is coming out with a deeper appreciation of the small things. Remember I told you how God had restored my speech last year in the hospital? Well, even though my words were no longer slurred and I could make complete sentences and I could remember what year I was born and say all the days of the week and stuff like that, that I couldn't do before because of that mini stroke and all those seizures, there were some words that were still difficult for me to say because I forgot how to say them. If you've never had speech problems or you're not a speech pathologist or don't have some kind of work that requires you to invest any time in the exploration of language and things like that, you probably haven't thought about how tongue placement when you're speaking is so important for saying words the right way. When I got home from the hospital, saying words that ended in the TH sound really tripped me up because I didn't realize that my tongue needed to be a little behind my top teeth and not through my teeth when I said those words. So I struggled to say things like teeth, health, breath. I mean, it's easy now, but I remember going to my husband, Kenya, or telling the kids that I was struggling with certain words and they would help me out. So even though my mouth and my tongue worked fine, my brain trauma caused me to forget how to use my mouth and tongue appropriately to say what I wanted to say sometimes. I hope I'm explaining that okay and making it clear. And being that speaking is a big part of the ministry that God has given me in my early days of going back into the studio to try to share a message turned out to be really frustrating. My first few attempts at podcasting were unsuccessful because I had to think not just about what to say, but how to say it. So trying to figure out where to place my tongue while trying to make sure the idea I was sharing was clear to you proved to be a little too much thinking. I left the studio discouraged a few times and you never got to hear those broadcasts. I felt somewhat like the blind man who was brought to Jesus in Mark 8 and 22 through 25 when the Messiah came to Bethsaida and these folks begged Jesus to touch and heal this blind man. And the Bible says Jesus spit on the man's eyes and placed his hands on the blind man and then asked him, can you see anything now? And the man looked up and said, I see people. They look like trees walking. So the man wasn't blind anymore, but he was a work in progress. He wasn't able to immediately see clearly. The restoration of his vision happened in phases. Jesus wasn't through with this man yet. And scripture says that Jesus placed his hands on the man's eyes a second time. And that time, something awesome happened. The man saw 100% clearly. His sight was totally and completely restored. Not only could he distinguish people from trees, but he was also able to see things from a distance. So when I left the hospital, I communicated effectively and could carry on a conversation just fine. God instantly did that and restored that. But what I couldn't do is communicate as effectively as I can now. The Lord restored my speech and my cognitive ability to the level where it is today in phases. It's been a process and not an easy process for me because it can be discouraging when you have to work so hard at what used to seem almost effortless for you. Even today, I have some comprehension challenges. I don't understand things as easily as I once did. And that's been super frustrating. Let me explain. 
I love to research things and find out information, particularly when it comes to scripture. I like to know what things mean in the original language, the context of a story, and what the biblical writer's intention was for the text, and not just my personal interpretation from my westernized American view. But it can be hard for me to concentrate on things for a long period of time, or I may get confused about something in the middle of reading. What I'm trying to say is my personal ability to understand things is more limited now. And of course, I pray for God to illuminate the scriptures as I always have and to enlighten me. And yet I can find things confusing and tough to interpret at times. And I remember one day lamenting this. I was so sad. I felt like the revelation I had received from scripture while encouraging was not as in depth as I hoped it would be. And one day after an intense study session, incidentally, I happened to be preparing to share a podcast with you that day. I was so disappointed in myself. I know the enemy was trying to discourage me and it worked that day. I got really down on myself. And this is not easy for me to confess to you, by the way. This feels deeply personal, but I need to say it because this is the unedited series and I'm not about to start editing myself now on day 13 when we only have one day left, right? But I was so sad because some of the words I used to know, I didn't know anymore. The level of intense study I used to engage in, I didn't have that level of focus or understanding to do that anymore. And I felt like a failure. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me. He crashed my pity party like I was talking to you about on day 12. And he said to me, do you want to be impressive or do you want to be effective? And Boy, did that hit me. And the Holy Spirit challenged me again. Do you want to be impressive or do you want to be effective in the kingdom? Because my word on its own is effective. God let me know and gathered me that day. He got me all the way together and I needed that. God helped pull me out of that moment when I was in my flesh and reminded me that it is not the impressiveness of my speech, but the effectiveness of his word all by itself. And if I did nothing but read scripture to you, there's power in that because the gospel is effective on its own. So why am I not editing out this part of my story? Aside from this being the unedited series and transparency being the core and heart of it. Well, it's because I think that we all suffer at times with wanting to be impressive. We want to be awesome at the things we do. We want to maximize our potential and perform tasks at optimal levels. We want to do things in excellence, and that's good. And there's nothing wrong with that. But when we start to pick ourselves apart, when we know we're offering up the best we've got, it makes it easy for the enemy to ensnare us, beat us down, discourage us, and make us feel the pressure to be more when God is saying that that pressure doesn't come from me. We just touched on this, in fact, on day 10 of the unedited series. Well, during this conversation with God, he led me right back to his word, which is what he always does. He speaks to me through scriptures. In 1 Corinthians 2 and 1 through 5, and I'm going to read all those verses to you. You can follow along with me. Paul the apostle said this, and so it is with me, brothers and sisters. When I came to you, I did not come with eloquence or human wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. 
I came to you in weakness with great fear and trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the spirit's power so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. Isn't that good? Paul was saying, in essence, it is not my preaching or presentation of the gospel that is effective, but the gospel on its own. God's power is what is effective and impressive. Here, Paul was talking to the church at Corinth and reminding them that his mission was not to preach eloquently and shift the focus away from the cross and to himself. He didn't woo them or wow them with fancy words or clever arguments or his wealth of knowledge. All Paul cared about was Christ and his crucifixion. This was the message. And Paul tells them, look, when I first came to you, I was fearful. I was weak. I was shaking in my boots, trembling. But for Paul, it wasn't the messenger and the messenger's presentation that was important or impressive. Christ was the important and impressive one. Amen. So Paul, before being converted to Christianity, which back then was just called the way, was a fierce persecutor of the church. Followers of Jesus were scared of him because he would have them arrested. But while he was on the road to Damascus, he saw a bright light from heaven and heard the voice of Jesus. And Paul was converted that day. But he also was blind after that. So God sent Ananias to Straight Street, where Paul had been staying for three days without any eyesight and without any food or drink. And God told him to lay hands on Paul and heal his blindness by the power of God. And Ananias obeyed God reluctantly at first because Paul was viewed as an enemy of believers and had done terrible things to followers of Christ in Jerusalem. But once Paul's sight was restored, he was baptized and began preaching in Damascus and telling everybody that Jesus truly was the Messiah and he had been converted. Not everyone believed Paul, though, but a man named Barnabas, a faithful servant of the Lord, introduced Paul to the other apostles and convinced them to give Paul a chance and that his conversion was real. So the way that Paul was integrated into the way or the Christian fold, he really remembered that and walked in great humility and saw himself as being unworthy to even be an apostle. He had such great gratitude for the work God had done in his life, making him righteous through the blood of Christ and accepting him into the kingdom. Daily Cut family, my oldest daughter, Kyla, is a college student, and she was really nervous about entering higher education. She had some tearful days and her confidence was shaky. She's been homeschooled since around second grade, and so she was entering an entirely new world, and she was unsure of how she would adjust. But Kyla's doing great, and she'll complete her undergraduate degree soon. But Kyla has earned a 4.0 every single semester. She has a perfect GPA. And while my husband Kenya and I certainly applaud Kyla's hard work, discipline and focus and let her know that we're proud of her, we are also careful to stress the importance of never being defined by a GPA or any academic achievements for that matter. Her sufficiency, just as all of ours is, is in Christ. Our son Caleb is an incredible animator, illustrator, and voice actor. Kaya's an exceptional writer, painter, and illustrator. Kadar is a gifted musician, athlete, trainer. But we want none of them to be defined by any of those things because if they were all stripped away, if their identity is tied up in that, they'll feel lost and worthless and devastated. 
I know personally that the things we each have or the things we can do can all be taken away at a moment's notice. And if we lose all that and we've been living life caught up in the impressiveness trap, we'll be lost. We'll be discouraged. And in some cases, we'll feel hopeless. For me, losing my identity, meaning not knowing who I am in this new brain I have, and we talked about that extensively too on a previous episode of this podcast series, it's been a blessing because it has forced me to see and recognize in a whole new way that Christ is indeed my sufficiency. My identity is in him. And as long as he is impressive, I don't have to be. And that doesn't mean achievements and accomplishments are intrinsically bad. Not at all. Being excellent and excelling can most certainly bring glory to the Lord. So don't feel like you should edit out your accomplishments or stop aspiring to do your best. Just don't hang your hat on those things and make them the center of your world. Make sense? The impressiveness trap will have you valuing stuff that doesn't matter, like designer brands, luxury cars, the square footage of your house, how many acres of land you own, what you look like on the outside, how much money is in your bank account, what your credit score is, how popular you are on social media, how many people know your name and how many awards and accolades you have. And being obsessed with the superficial is never beneficial, right? But again, you don't have to edit out your accomplishments. Paul certainly didn't. In Philippians 3 and 4 through 6, Paul listed out the things that made him an impressive Jewish man. He said this, if anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. But then I love what Paul says in verses seven through eight, which is essential to understanding the focus of this text. He said, I once thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage so that I could gain Christ. And there it is. Nothing else matters but knowing Christ. Friend, sometimes God has to strip everything away from us. Everything we identify as important, everything we think we need, everything we assume makes us who we are to get us back to the place where we recognize that nothing else matters but knowing Christ our Savior. And if I lose everything else I have, as long as I've got Jesus, I'm satisfied with that. Don't pressure yourself to be impressive. Don't hang your hat on your skills, possessions, and trappings of success. Don't assume that things outside of you determine your worth. It is the all-surpassing power of God within us that is impressive. By his spirit, he will embolden you, equip you, and empower you to do the things that very well may seem impressive to others, but you have to always maintain a posture of humility and take it from someone who's lost some of the memories and abilities and skills and aptitude I once held dear. That's not what makes you who you are. And you don't even need all that stuff, even though you may think you do, even though you might feel like you do, even though it might hurt you a little bit to lose it. You'll be all right because Jesus is enough. 
even he wasn't viewed as impressive enough to be accepted as the Messiah by the Jewish religious elite. John 1 and 11 said he came unto his own and his own received him not. Verse 12 says, but as many as received him, I love this, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe in his name. When you avoid the impressiveness trap, which forces you to focus on your own accomplishments and power to make things happen, then you can tap into the power you receive in Christ to become a son or a daughter of God and reap all the rewards tied to that inheritance. Jesus said in John 10 and 10, the thief cometh not, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have a life and that they might have it more abundantly. We have the kind of life that comes directly from God, the life giver who gives us over and above more than is necessary. Super abundant life where we have what we need in all circumstances to sustain us. Isn't God good? Even if you lose your job, you have abundant life in Christ. If you lose your house, you have abundant life in Christ. If a loved one walks away, you still have abundant life in Christ. If you lose some brain function and abilities, you still have abundant life in Christ. If your possessions are taken away, your social status and all the trappings supposedly making you successful, you still have abundant life in Christ because you've been redeemed and washed in the blood of the lamb. And because you are redeemed and belong to God, there are promises that belong to you. And I'm stirring references to three of them into your cup of inspiration. God will supply all your needs according to Philippians 4 and 19. God will favor you according to Psalm 5 and 12. And God will give you the grace to complete the work he has called you to do and give you even more than you need according to 2 Corinthians 9 and 8. As you drink down the contents of your cup, know that his promises are impressive enough on their own. So you don't have to be just stand on his word, rest in his promises, cling to his promises, and you'll see the amazing things God can do through a humble, submitted vessel who knows that their sufficiency is in Christ alone. Now let's pray. God, I pray for this, my sister, this, my brother. Thank you for reminding them through this word that they possess your all surpassing power that equips them with everything they need to accomplish your will. I come against every attack on their mind, on their confidence, on their faith in your sovereignty, sufficiency, and faithfulness to do every word you say. Thank you for going above and beyond their expectations and using their life as evidence that despite our weakness, all things are yet possible through Christ who strengthens them for every good work you've called them to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Your daily cup of inspiration has been brought to you by Empowering Everyday Women Ministries, where we fuel your faith every day. For more information, log on to yourdailycupofinspiration.com.